Hello, hello. You're listening to For the Girls, Gays and Days, the podcast where two friends process their emotions concerning pop culture of note to the acronymed community. From film to television, music and more, we're here to tell you what caught our queer eyes this week. I'm Colt, he, him. I'm Alex, they, them. Welcome. Welcome to it. This week, the category is television. As we're talking Love in a Hopeless Place, in The Last of Us, yes. lie detecting in Pokerface, superpowered screw ups in Extraordinary, and terrible people in Love Island. Mm. Mm. I will kick us off to talk about The Last of Us. It is the post apocalyptic drama series adapted from the 2013 video game of the same name adapted for television by Neil Druckmann, who was one of the main creators on the original video game, and Craig Mazin of Chernobyl fame. The series follows Ellie, played by Bella Ramsey, and Joel, played by the only man who can call himself daddy and not give me the ick, Pedro (laughs) Pascal. (laughs) Uh, It's an intense watch. Mm. You haven't gotten through the show yet, have you? So, no, I played the game and somehow was less scared playing the game or anxious playing the game. It's interesting. I had the opposite experience. Maybe it's because I felt in control. That's the thing with, like, playing Mm. games for me. That's what made me more anxious. Especially that one. (laughs) I felt like I was in control and I could, like, decide what was happening. And if it didn't work out, I could just hit reset and then my character would be okay and I could like but um the the tv show I you know what it was halfway through the first episode and I saw something tragic happen Um, I mean talk spoilers this is a spoiler spoiler zone it's only gonna get spoilery from here so like talk about it (laughs) it's like I don't give a fuck bitch if you (laughs) No, if you haven't uh, watched the show yet, if you haven't played the like, this is a game that's been out since 2013. Like, if you do not know the spoilers at this point, sorry. People die, folks. And people who are uh, presented as being one of the lead characters die. Yeah, shot to death. Yeah. And that's just tough to watch mm. living in America. Um, mm. so it just it kind of took me a second. I definitely will because other people I've been told everybody's been talking about it. So other people yeah. I know who've watched it have said that the first episode is actually some of the um yeah. you it's kind of like a hot bath. Eventually after that you kind of mm. are more at ease. Um, but mm. that first episode is meant to give you that feeling because it's like that yeah. for these characters, right? They're yeah. just going about their day, um, yeah. eating muffins, and then the next thing you know. Mushrooms are bursting out of people's faces. Yeah. Yeah. And like little coolie. So, yeah, I, I just need a minute to, to get through that. I think I'll, I'll be a lot slower than everybody else, but I don't give a a fuck about spoilers (laughs) and I never have done. So especially because it's like, you know, what's going to happen. This isn't going to be a rom-com. Yeah. This isn't a Disney film. Uh, So anyway, but I know you love it. Everybody who's gotten through that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's early days, but I think it's one of the best video game adaptations ever made. Uh, I have a friend who is obsessed with the game and she is loving the show so much. I think because it's it's just a really faithful adaptation, which you would expect given that like the creators of the original game are involved in in the mm. show, or, are running the show with, with Craig Mazin. And for me, it just feels so lovingly and thoughtfully constructed while also being very expansive, like expanding on the game in really interesting ways. A great example of this is last week's episode, which Mm. is much talked about the internet. In this third episode, uh, there's a big departure from the game uh, in what's been described as if the opening montage of Up was a little a little under an hour long set in the apocalypse and very gay yeah. uh in the episode we're introduced to doomsday prepper bill 
played by Megan Mullally's husband, at the outset of the global pandemic event. Yeah. And we follow him setting up his little self-sufficient community of one. Uh, before we're introduced to Frank, played by White Lotus stand-up Murray Bartlett, Gorgeous. and Australian against his better judgment, Bill invites Frank in for a hot shower, some fresh clothes, and a gourmet meal. Uh, one piano playing session later, and they're off to bed. We jump forward a few years and see how they make friends with characters we've already met in other episodes, Joel and Tess. And we see them share some tender moments um, over some strawberries. We get some little action sequences where they get attacked by ravages. And then we have a big time jump. And we see them as old men. Frank has an unspecified terminal illness and has made the decision to end his life with Bill's help. Uh, we see their beautiful last day together. It's all very touching, very emotional. At this point in the episode, I've already cried several times. Mm. Happy tears and like now sad tears. Before they, they they get married, they share the same meal that Bill first cooked for Frank when he sort of rescued him. And then Bill reveals that he's also checking out because he's old and he's satisfied and doesn't want to live without Frank. And they basically, they go to bed to die. And it's beautiful, perfect, and tragic, but like fulfilling. Like you're crying, but you're like, this is so good. And I'm so sad. Look, it does introduce gays, only to have them die before the end of the episode. But it doesn't feel kill your gaze-esque. It's... It's heart-wrenching to watch, but it's mostly a happy story and feels like a happy ending in this world of the show. Mm -hmm. There's already a lot of death by the time you get to this third episode, and a lot of it is very traumatic. And this feels almost peaceful. And given that the episode is, is written and directed by straight men, I can't help but give extra points because it feels shockingly tender and accurately representative of gay love and a specific type of gay love that doesn't necessarily always get shown on television, which is sort of like a more mature gay relationship that I don't want to say isn't full with tragedy because it is, it sort of ends with tragedy. But as I say, it's sort of the closest that I think a lot of, a lot of characters can hope to getting a happy ending on this show even if it does end in death, because, you know, everybody does die, but it's, they don't suffer as much as they could have. And as evidence of that, it's a big departure from the game, because in the game, Bill and Frank have a very toxic and cruel relationship that ends badly, Frank dying and Bill remaining curmudgeonly and alone and bitter. So it's a big departure from the game, but it, it, it feeds more into, I think, the the core of the story of The Last of Us, which is a lot about sort of hope and finding love in, in, in hopeless places. <laughs> so there's been a lot of criticism about the departure from the game, but I think that's mostly from homophobes, <laughs> which yeah. is ironic because The Last of Us is a very gay game. Like Ellie, the lead character, is a lesbian. It's... I really wonder what fucking game they were playing. I yeah. it, it's it's crazy for me because there are so many other things that they could do. But okay, I don't want to talk about people I wouldn't have a beer with too much. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, and they get spoken about enough, and I'm so over them getting yeah. interviews and pull quotes and think pieces and what have you. Yeah. But the people who were talking about kill your gays, mm. um, which is something you know. I think sometimes people To be fair, forget. I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it, to be fair. This is just something that I know that like we discuss often. It's not yeah. a criticism I've seen yet. I've um, I've seen it. Um okay. because sometimes through sheer bad luck, I end up on the for you timeline instead of the following timeline on Twitter and it's hell. It's what I My for you timeline is a lovely is, is lovely. I get along just fine with my for you timeline. I get the worst homosexuals in the history of time. 
and I, think I don't that says understand. something more about you than <laughs> how dare you sir you know that algorithm's not good it was written by some south africans who would love to go home but can't uh, i also you know, know some of the friends you keep even though <laughs> oh. oh anyway so name names, person... i'm sure they don't listen to this podcast this person is actually um the the person who sent the tweet is actually somebody who watches a lot of queer shows and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. is is a queer tv watcher and mm-hmm. their critique which a lot of people leveled you know um very badly but i will mm-hmm. say it was that it, you know how why why are they dying and, da, 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 da. and i'm like it's a show about the apocalypse yeah. and zombies everybody dies um, <laughs> everybody's they get dying to, they get to grow old do you know how mm-hmm. weird that is for queer people they get not to have even a, in the show like a, like 15 20 year yeah. relationship you know and they're happy and it's a full of happy love and understanding and growth and growing with each other and yeah and it's just beautiful and yeah you don't always have to fucking see the cloud everywhere my friends yeah. i just want to say it out loud I mm. know a lot of people make their living off of saying anything negative about any TV show ever. Yeah. But this is a situation where you can shut up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't even watched the episode. I just know yeah. a lot about the episode because yeah. um, I'm a nerd. And we You're have to also say- also a person maybe... on the internet and yeah. everybody is talking about it. People <laughs> I had no idea were watching the show are now talking about it. And I was like, oh, I did not know you watched the oh. show. Good for you. People have tuned in for the gays. Um, yeah. But- uh, Suck Nick Offerman's wife actually is the reason he took this show. He yeah. had a he had a conflict, and um, she said, "You're going to Calgary, buddy." And yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. Megan Mullally has done so much for the gays. She really has. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I and I also just really enjoy the fact that Mr. Bartlett is the the gay representation HBO. <laughs> Whenever there's a gay on a show, they're just like, you know who's good? Um, This guy. He's been on every single other show we have with a gay character. And the thing, like, to his credit, he's played a completely different kind of gay every so time. So many different kinds of gays. Murray Bartlett in Looking is, bears no resemblance to Murray Bartlett in The White Lotus, and neither they're of them bear any gay. resemblance to Frank in The Last mm. of Us. They're completely different people. But they're all gays we might know, and that's yeah. why he's good. Yeah. Um, I, I guarantee we all have met a White Lotus Murray Bartlett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so I think he's, he's just brilliant at it, you know, um, yeah. and he's lovely to look at. Yeah. Very and much so, um, I just I I love the show. I love that it exists. I love that it's good. I yeah. um I appreciate all of that. I am gonna get through it more. I I just think I'm a slow watcher when it comes to a certain kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. And it's and it's only when the show is good and makes me care about the people. I think yeah. some of the shows that would trigger that sense in me. Um. And I can watch them with no problem. It's where I don't give a fuck about the characters. I'm like, oh, okay, she lost her head. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But with this show, like, I was made to care about the fact that this girl made eggs for her dad when he woke up, you know? And she's out there doing sweet as fuck things for him, like fixing a a watch. And, you know, I just, it's tough. Uh, Even if you know it's coming, it's tough. That's... And even that's that's the thing with with this episode is that I sort of knew immediately this isn't going to end. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> so when they're having lovely tender sweet moments, I'm crying because this is so lovely. But I know it's gonna, it's, it's yeah. gonna end like this. Is, it's gonna end in tears. Um. Yeah. So I was preemptively getting on the on the tears train. Um. Which is nice. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely episode, and I think I think I'm very optimistic about the direction the show's going in doing things that are very faithful adaptations of the game because in the first two episodes there's a lot of stuff that is basically shot for shot recreations of what's in the game but then also doing a lot to expand on viewpoints that you didn't get in the game because you're sort of in the perspective of of mostly ellie sometimes joel yeah um so being able to expand on that even in that first episode you're talking about the daughter character uh in in the in the game it's much smaller compact exactly in the show they're able to spend sort of a whole day with her expanding on that and um which was so nice you also get to see a lot more of what tess is doing which is eternally grateful for as much anna as i can get 
because oh, I so adore fine. that woman. She is so fine. Her being on on the Last of Us has triggered a Fringe rewatch, so I'm busy rewatching Fringe at the moment. We love that she's... show. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah so, uh, the ways that it expands, but also really reveres the source material, I think is is so special. That's the best way to do an adaptation is not completely rewrite the book, not completely rewrite the source material, but also not just give a one for one of the source material. You have to be able to justify the existence of an adaptation by doing something more. And I think Craig Mazin is is a phenomenal writer and a very good showrunner and a very good director. And he's got that that vision of of story and being able to sort of take what's a, what's appropriate, take what's relevant, and yeah, yeah. Ten out of ten would recommend really cool. go watch it. Um, if only if you can't get through the rest of the show, just go watch this third episode because it's so good and it's i will get there i think it just takes me time it's how my brain works it's you know that's why i love books as well because you you can sort of pause a story where you like and let it digest like my favorite thing which we could move on from the show afterwards um but my favorite thing in the world is where a show gets into my psyche and i dream about it and my brain works on my feelings about it like that and i couldn't put my finger on why we had to pause it right at that one scene with the shooting death. Um, But then afterwards I dreamt about it and that was my brain telling me that you just don't want to be that little girl. (laughs) And you're you're putting yourself in that first person viewpoint Mm. and it's fucking with your brain. So give Mm. it a minute. Um, But yeah, brilliant show. I, uh, it's really good. Yeah. Right. Well, moving on, Alex, tell me about Poker Face. Poker Face, which I told you about in our um, most anticipated shows to what? Yeah, most anticipated. Yeah. Some of those shows have been flops, Mary. Um, listen, yeah, and we won't talk about them because we don't love to lean mention. into negativity when we yeah. can avoid it. So, yeah, and uh, not worth spending the air on. So the yeah. this show, however, was as good as I wanted it to be. Okay, so we've got Natasha Leone lead Charlie. Think Columbo, just as messy. Loves to smoke. <laughs> And is very happy with their life in a trailer um, with enough money to be happy. So, you know, she can buy beer, she can buy smokes, she can buy food. She has her best mate um, and the best mate dies and everybody thinks, oh, it's just the husband. Sad, but classic case of domestic disturbance. Mm. But here's the thing with Charlie. She knows when bullshit is being said to her. She doesn't know when something, she doesn't know anything else in this world except when people are saying bullshit to her. Human lie detector. Yeah, yeah, human lie detector with no inner dialogue, folks. Absolutely (laughs) none. God bless her. No thoughts, just vibes, yeah. Yeah, and she just, the minute somebody says bullshit, she doesn't breathe, she just goes, bullshit. And it gets her into some hot water with uh, murderers, uh, con artists, Mm. um, hitmen. So... After that first episode where she solves her best friend's murder, she is now on the run from a casino kingpin um, through a whole bunch of things that weren't actually that weren't actually her fault, folks. I'm a Charlie yeah. apologist, um, <laughs> and things kind of just happened to her. And mm-hmm. it's Natasha Leone, so how can you not be in love? Yeah. Uh, and she's in fine form. She is flexing her little toes. She's hired all her mates to be the players around her, and you can tell that she has banter. You know, it's just so good. And if you love Columbo, this is the show for you. I know a lot of people weren't like me and maybe had friends when they were six and didn't watch Columbo every week, but I didn't, folks. And it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I think it's it's very good. I think it's not a murder mystery. So to speak. No, you know who the murderer sort of is every episode. Here, Ryan Johnson, who's the sort of writer, director, creator Rian? of the show. No, I'm kidding. Um, and you think murder mysteries, but it's not necessarily murder mysteries. We're shown who who killed the victim at the top of the episode, mm-hmm. and the episodes are more about following the connections that Charlie makes with these people, yeah. and how she investigates their deaths and figures it all out, and sort of gets the smallest pieces of information and 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 puts them together in in really interesting ways um as you said there's I, some I amazing it. guest stars yeah 
some really engaging stories. The series has a through line of Charlie being on the run from the the big um, mob boss type person. Uh, But the episodes also have a very satisfying standalone feel as well, Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. get introduced to the case. You see how Charlie is connected to this case. (laughs) Normally it flashes back a little bit. You see her interacting with the victim before they died. (laughs) And then she finds out they've died and she starts picking up on the bullshit and figuring out what's what's going on all the episodes are very strong it is so hard to pick a favorite they're all so good i have a favorite which is your favorite um so it's the retirement home with most recent uh, episode yeah yeah, with is it judith light judith light yeah yeah judith light is one of my favorite legend star yeah Yeah. (laughs) she is the moment um and she just she's so good in this role and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the way, which they do in every single episode of the show, but my little brain only saw the pattern now, is you kind of, we're, we're first on the scene in every single episode. Mm. We don't know, we don't see. But we Tom. don't get all the information. We don't, we get sort of a, a yeah. very. We see what view. happens. Yeah. But we don't get all the information. We we do not. and um And in this episode, Charlie was very much in the same position as us and yeah. i just i really love the twists and turns of it and the humor of it like it is every, so funny uh, this show is so funny yeah it is not a nordic murder mystery where everyone's in a jumper and endlessly sad it's I think funny if i had to pick a favorite yeah i think it would be the barbecue episode <laughs> it's good <laughs> With because there's so many ridiculous things in that from the the racist dog <laughs> that she it. that just jumps in her car no idea where <laughs> it came from to <laughs> this guy who's barbecued his entire life deciding to go vegan because he watched Okja on a DVD on a bootleg DVD to her figuring out how this dog got bludgeoned and how that relates to everything by like going around with a little bag <laughs> with a piece of splinter out of the dog's head tasting it to musical notes and then tasting various pieces of wood from around this barbecue establishment and hearing notes in her head it's, oh. <laughs> it's so funny it is so, so clever funny. and Natasha oh. is just as we've said before, we could watch Natasha Leon read the phone book and yeah. we'd be entertained. But when she's given <laughs> material like this to work with, <laughs> with guest stars to play with, with the caliber <laughs> of the filmmaking and the music, the, the score is just mm, sumptuous. It's pretty. It is such a good show. There's five five episodes out at the moment. On Peacock. Yeah. Um, Peacock, which you can get with a very cheap subscription where you watch ads. Which is what I do because I'm a brokey. Um, I'm a pavo. Um, so and Peacock's doing I... some some pretty has put out some pretty good content and has some pretty good content in the works. Yeah. Go watch Poker Face. It is so fun. It is such it's a great time. So so fun. And then when you're out of those five episodes, watch Columbo, folks. Columbo <laughs> is love. They even use the same font. It's so stupid that it tickles my brain. But they use the same font and color. <laughs> at the... This is another thing that I like. We're talking about people who are fans of stuff. Yeah. Make good content. When people love the material, Ryan Johnson is such a student and a, a fanboy of the murder mystery detective show. Like and and the influences of like films and, and TV shows with detective stories are just dripping in everything he does. Um he only wrote the first two episodes, I think, and directed the first. Oh no, wrote and directed the first one, directed the second. And he produces, um, right? And, but he's producing and sort of show running mm. the entire thing. Mm. So it's, yeah, fantastic television. Really? Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more television goodness. I'll be untold. And we're back. We're back. Zesty and enchanted. Uh, and I'm going to talk about a new show that's dropped on Hulu in the States and Disney Plus in the in the UK. 
extraordinary or extraordinary. I don't know. <laughs> extraordinary makes more sense to me, but I've heard a lot of people say extraordinary. Whatever. Uh, it is the British <laughs> superhero comedy series created by Emma Moran. It centers on Jen, a young woman without powers in a world where everyone has powers. In this world, if once you turn 18, you normally get a superpower. So everybody in the world has a superpower. Some are amazing. They get to fly. They get to teleport. They get to read minds. Other people get to 3D print out of their asshole or can turn anything into a PDF document. I can do that. <laughs> but not anything. Anything. <laughs> oh, um, okay. <laughs> uh, Jen lives with her best friend, Carrie, who can channel the dead. And Carrie's boyfriend, Cash, who can reverse time. Oh. Um, and Jizz Lord, a stray cat Jen rescues, who turns out to be a shapeshifting man who can't remember his life before shapeshifting into a cat. Oh, no. Why no? <laughs> oh, a shapeshifting man just gave me the ick. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Sorry to men. I'll process my feelings. Keep going. <laughs> it's eight half hour long episodes that mm -hmm. are hilarious and heartfelt and very British. Uh, it's very in the vein of um, something like Dairy Girls or Fleabag. Brilliant. It's like a you sold me. Misfits in it as mm. well. Obviously with like the super, super, super powered element. Um, it feels very sort of misfitsy, but with a very feminine lens. Like, yeah, it's it's very like the sort of like twenty something screw up comedy. Yeah, but with superpowers and the hijinks that that brings. It's so entertaining. I mean, you you scoff at the at the shape shifting cat person, but he's my favorite character of the show. Oh yeah, he just didn't sound good in shape, but maybe he's great <laughs> otherwise. He's also just Lord very... is just a great name. That is the name that's given to the cat because there's the in one of the episodes, um, Jen encounters someone who when he touches people, they orgasm. <sighs> and then the cat touches the the person who while he's oh, a cat, he touches yeah. it and like jizzes everywhere. So then they'd name the cat Jizz Lord. Only to later find out that he's been a man the whole time and wasn't aware of the fact that he was a man. He just thought he was a cat kind of thing. And he has no memory of his life before he became a cat. Has no real under understanding of how to be a human. So there's a lot of fish out of water stuff with him not understanding how anything works, which is just hilarious. And then Jen is just a very... That sort of tip that makes great TV. You not want You would never want to be friends with this girl. She is so self-centered and self-obsessed and drama follows her everywhere. She fucks everything up, but she makes great TV. That sounds like everyone on Girls, um, yeah. which we yeah. both watched. She's so. like if all the girls from Girls were put into one person and that person was Irish. Oh, God. It would be it would be her. There's some great guest performances as well um, from Siobhan McSweeney from Dairy Girls, who played mm -hmm. um, Sister Michael in Dairy Girls, plays Jen's mother and is not is not in a lot of the show, but when she's on, she's very good. Yeah. She's so I, good. Yeah, she is so good, that woman. I've not heard a lot of people talk about the show. I think mm. it's sort of, I think it only just sort of came out, but I'd heard very little about it until sort of my housemate was like, I've been watching the show on Disney Plus. It's great. You should check it out. And I did, and I, I don't love to binge watch, as we've discussed, but I found it hard not to with this show. Like, it's it's very easy watch. There's a lot of cringe humor that I, I sometimes had to skip through ever so slightly, uh, but it's absolutely worth a watch. It's already been renewed for a second season, so that's great. Thank God. I will definitely <laughs> be watching it. Because let's be honest, when Abbott Elementary goes on a break, I do need a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a lot of laugh out loud comedy. Um, oh, I laughed right out now. loud. So with this I'm one, excited several times. Yeah. There's some just there's just some really weird, interesting storylines that they they go on where they sort of 
in searching for Gislord's origins, they find his former owner who's in like the, the animal pageant circuit and they end up kidnapping this Pomeranian and taking it to a vet who can speak to animals to try and figure out information. It's in an hijinks and it's very entertaining. You have like Carrie carries out an emotional affair with with uh, King Charles the first. Not an emotional affair. <laughs> <laughs> it's Denver. there are there is so much going on in in such a short space of time because it's only it's only basically four hours long. The entire the entire series is is clocking in at about four hours. Which I and like. Yeah. I love yeah. British TV yeah. for that. Sometimes American TV can take the piss. Yeah. I don't want to be there for um, 26 <laughs> episodes, Mary. Um, I'm not no. doing anything else. I just don't want to be there. And no. I, I love that about the um, shorter seasons. No. Definitely be checking that out. Yeah. Speaking of shorter seasons, we're going to move over to something that is not short at all it is a very long season it's a very long season indeed (laughs) alex tell me about love island okay so imagine if you will the worst people you've ever known who like to go to gym and haven't read a book since um (laughs) spot sat on a mat okay so take these people and make sure that they've broken up with somebody last week and then (laughs) Put them on an island together. And by an island, I mean a rich person house in yeah. Cape Town, South Africa, yeah. um, where it's very sunny, also very windy. The wind is fucking up people's content. I mean, they say, they the say Cape Town, but it is very much like Stellenbosch. Bosch. Northern, <laughs> yeah. northern suburbs. Yeah, it's... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which uh, Cape Town people are dicks. I can say this because I come... <laughs> It, the minute it's a certain place on the freeway, they're just like, no, it's not Cape Town. So they're, they're in Cape Town as far as they say, but Cape Town adjacent, us, they're yeah, in the sure. Wildlands, yeah. <laughs> Western Beautiful Cape, house, yeah. <laughs> which I appreciate because, okay, so you take these people, you put them into that rich people house with mm. the pool, lots of space to canoodle, um, if you will. Uh, cameras everywhere, cameras up their arse every place and a confessional for things that the camera definitely caught but needs to unpack and then you say to them if you stay together with this person we'll give you 60k at the end 60k pounds you know fifty thousand pounds yeah fifty thousand pounds oh yeah. you know the recessions affected everyone so you take these people you say at the end if you stay together we'll give you money okay so that concept works because you have hot stupid people um trying to couple up for love it's called love island they're, they're aiming they to go on the show to get brand deals that's what they that's what they want to get for. brand deals they yeah. maybe want to fuck um and they would really love to get that money at the end at the very least so i've watched pretty much every uk season i've also you watched have? yeah oh and i've also watched the um you uh the australian version watch a little bit of the u.s subpar don't go there wow. but Watching the Australian version has helped me in this situation um, because some of those folks do come on this season of the UK one. And I just want to say one thing about South Africa is, thank God it's pretty and the dates are pretty. In the Australian oh, one, yeah. Yeah. they put them in parking lots. They take an outside table and put them in a parking lot and the kids just have to imagine. So at least in Cape Town, even when they're on the wine estate, they're clearly on they can put them in the vineyard and it looks nice and i like that i just want to mm. see the prettiness of cape town i want mm-hmm. to laugh at the stupid things people say mm-hmm. and this show gives you the perfect opportunity for that it shows you the width and depth of humankind the bad choices people make mostly the depth yeah <laughs> mostly the depth the bad choices people make and, and by that i mean the depth them. of depravity not like the depth of emotions these, these people are very shallow yeah, I mean, let's be honest. If you want a love story with a brain, go watch Pride and Prejudice. If you want to see a love story with slightly, you know, definitely less deep thinking, but just as many twists and turns, watch Love Island. Because these people can wake up one morning and decide that the person they haven't spoken to for the 24 hours they've been in the villa is their great It's the love, love. of their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's totally unhinged because these people will mm. meet... 
um, at like, I don't know, 12 hours before they're meant to pick to be in a bed with each other. Yeah. And, and then decide that this is their forever person. So much so that if they've chosen that person and two hours later, somebody else flirts with them, that is the greatest mugging off they've ever seen in their life. And I often sit there going, you met them two hours ago. Um, I think that I, I do that as well, but I, I do try and sort of remind myself that this is inc- like a huge pressure cooker situation. Heightened. Yeah. They're sort of kept awake all night for the, like the filming of stuff. Like you, they sort of present it like, oh, we woke up fresh early in the morning. They're normally woken up at like one, two in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like they go to bed at like one, two in the morning. Like it's like three, four in the morning. Like it's, it's, it's a weird sort of schedule and they're sort of very regimented and very, there's a lot of producer tampering that goes on that's obviously never shown so on screen much. it's so much. yeah and they so don't it's... give them uh they used to give them a lot more alcohol um, yeah. and now they've changed it to less so. much Thank less God. um yeah. and they've tried to discourage people from bullying people and i just want to say we can all dislike the villain in a piece but please know that there is like a, a story producer who sits there and, and mm-hmm. decides who the villain of these three episodes is going to be until the next recoupling. So bear that but, in mind, you know? But also bear in mind that they don't just pull that out of thin air. They've planned like it. They, they heighten it, but like those people are those people. They do get they do get a certain level of manipulation. Again, this is coming from the perspective of a former reality TV producer. Don't blame it on the edit. Don't blame don't it, on, blame the it on the edit. Don't blame it on the producer too much because it's a thing of <laughs> while it's not real, reality is not real, there is a lot of manipulated situations. Mm-hmm. The way people behave is the way people behave. <laughs> if the if a man on this show acts a fool, he's a fool. <laughs> The producers okay. may like wind him up and point him in a direction, but he's going to act how he would act in the real he's world. So a fool, who is your favorite worst fool at the minute on this season of Love Island? As in the one I love to hate or just the one that I'm really loving? Oh, um, both. Give me the first and then the second, you filthy thing. <laughs> okay. So Will Bliss. is an absolute oh, loser. Man. So cringy, <laughs> but I love him so much. Love him. He's the type of man I'm looking for. <laughs> well, please. The very this. picture of by golden retriever energy. Mm, he gives me a hint of fruity, and I'm convinced he's one of the girls. If, I mean, like, let's be real. He did ask that girl to work. He was like, and work, invoke, invoke, invoke. And <laughs> until <laughs> Jesse arrived, he was everyone's BFF. Yeah. And by everyone, I mean every girl's BFF. Story. None of them wanted to fuck him. Nobody. <laughs> they were just Not like, yes, bitch. Come, <laughs> let's have a chat. Hit her, hit her, um, hit her. That's uh, him. I, I will stop watching the show if he starts acting a fool the way that Dami did last season. I will oh, stop. Dami was I will great check out. For a while. Because I really enjoyed Dami in the early parts of last season. Dumb. And then I grew to really dislike that man. <laughs> he made bad choices. God bless him. Yeah. Uh, um, also, just being on the show was a bad choice because wasn't he like a fucking bioengineer? Or no, he's something? a farmer. Farmer. No, Will. I mean, Dammy. Oh, Dammy right. Was, no, no yeah, idea. Like, farmer no Will idea. is a complete farmer. He. Um, the thing is, is I've like, been following him on TikTok for a very long time. <laughs> he's a farming influencer, folks. Yeah. He's a farming so influencer. when he showed up on Love Island, I turned to my housemate I was watching with him. I'm like, oh my God, I know him. He's on TikTok. And I was like, he's gay though what (laughs) because i fully believed he was gay based on his tiktok um but i do i do still think that he's got a little bit of limp in his wrist but i i I believe that he's interested in some women celine dion (laughs) beyonce (laughs) anyway but um okay i will say that this this winter season is not has not yet pissed me off to the extent that the summer one did last season I've only watched, this is now my second season watching Love Island. Um, Uh I've watched episodes here and there before and I couldn't ever really get into it. And then I sort of made an effort and got into it last year. Um, And then I got into it. Once I get into something, I get into something. That's true. It's actually great. Last season, there was a lot of, there was a lot of fuckery and and tomfoolery that really (laughs) boiled my piss. (laughs) I was ready to check out so many times last season just because I felt like 
the boys were not experiencing enough enough consequences <laughs> for the the fuckery that they pulled. Exactly. What I'm liking about this season thus far, there's still time for it to for that to disappear. But the girls seem to have a little bit more of a backbone in terms of not letting the boys get away with as much. For example, the episode where it's revealed that Tom kissed Ellie after giving Olivia the impression that he wanted to follow things with her, coming out of the triangle with Zara, uh, and then it all blows up with the girls banding together to tell Tom off, and even people like Shaq joining in on the girls' side, juxtaposed with like Will and Jesse off on their date vibing in a cellar, and then they sort of arrive like uh, Troy in that episode of Community where he's like back with a pizza. He's like, I'm back and everything's on fire and someone's been shot. And it's just like, it's cinema. Sometimes it is the best thing on TV, which is very hard to describe because I've just described it as the worst thing on TV. But it's oh, it's both. contains multitudes. Yeah, It's both. It's it is classic. both the best and the worst thing on television. Is Tom your bellend then? Is Tom your worst bit, worst man? It is it is such a close race between him and Ron. Oh God, and Ron was so charming. He was really no, like No, he was not. Don't lie to me. He was so charming, Cold. No, false. That was the first couple of episodes. I was like, oh cute. Your Honor objection. Objection, <laughs> Your Honor. Was I blinded because he's cute? He just Prosecutor is telling cute. lies. He's all that's also a lie. He's not cute. He's cute. <laughs> that man gives me the ick. From the moment he the moment he was on my screen, I was like, oh. Tom gave me the ick the moment I saw him because I felt like I know Tom. If oh, Tom yeah. went to the University of Cape Town and did an English lit degree, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, exactly, yes. I mean, he's more likely he's to do a commerce degree, but sure. But now he's in advertising. He went to Red and Yellow and he um he sells mm. you Coca-Cola and debt. But no, Ron, I never understood. I never understood why any girls were actually like swarming around him. So um, I, I didn't get it. I think he's manipulative. I think he's behaved really badly in relation to Lana. I don't like Like now Liv. only now showing interest. Yeah. Without keeping an eye on another girl as a backup. I mean, he's still kind of doing that, but to a lesser extent, because Lana has someone else she's interested in, he's suddenly like that little brat, that little child who's like, No, I don't want to play with a toy. No, I don't want to play with a toy. And then someone goes to pick up the toy and he's like, No, it's mine. It's like you weren't is... playing yeah. with it. Like you didn't you didn't want it. But now someone else does, so now you do. That's how I feel about how he views Lana. And I do really appreciate how Shaq has been calling the boys out on their bullshit a little bit. I hope Shaq is being genuine with Tanya. I I got some sense early on that he's not. Oh, I haven't got that vibe from I got a I got an <laughs> off vibe from him early on that he I don't was know like, how men work. I am that he was like man. pretending because he sort of understood, and I think this is also something that Ron was doing, is that he understands the couples that get together early on the show tend to do better and getting to the end of the show. Um, so Shaq was sort of like, right, I've got my person that I'm interested in. I'm most interested in her out of anyone here at the moment. I'm going to stick with her and I'm going to drive this forward and get my brand deal and like get to the end. But I wasn't I don't know. I got an off vibe that I didn't know if he really actually had any interest whatsoever. Um, yeah, because Luca, Luca was like that last season with Gemma. I and the sort of love like bombing of like you've known this person for like a week an and hour? you're telling them you love yeah. them, and I'm like, that's red flag. My favorite thing about um, the show is is the way that it it it's a perfect demonstration for things to avoid in the real world. <laughs> I saw a thing last season, a TikTok, where a, a, a mother was talking about how she's so glad to have the show to be able. People were like up in arms about like this isn't the appropriate. These people are so manipulative. Teenagers should not be able to see the show, and I'm just like, no, they should. And this woman was talking about, no, they definitely should because it shows young women. These are the type of men you're going to encounter mm -hmm. if you are going to date men. These are the type of men you are going to encounter. And you need to know that this behavior is not okay. You need to be able to see what this behavior looks like and you need to know how to avoid it. So I think in that way, Love Island is a very useful tool for teaching people about the world and about the the way men truly are, are and remain trash. And how women behave in relationships too, um, especially, yeah. especially um, women who 
buy into a certain idea of femininity and what mm-hmm. it means and mm-hmm. how to perform it um, mm-hmm. in relation to masculinity and just as a standalone. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting in that way, but it also, what I enjoy about it the most is, is that you realize that 90% of the time when you assume bad intention with people, the reality is they could just be stupid. And I <laughs> want to highlight that. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you can, you can validize people. Like I, for instance, mm. I don't like Olivia. Like I just. Oh no, I can't stand I, her. <clears throat> but I don't think that she's doing it with intent. I think, as you say, she's just not. She's just self-centered and yeah. dumb. It's the <laughs> and biggest so... pick, me in, pick me in all history. Like just, she just loves to be picked. Yeah. yeah. And like. Um, and she's, she speaks. With her mouth greater the entire time, and she just, she just kind of never, talking. And it's just like, I've why are you? I've never been drier seeing a beautiful woman. I've never <laughs> physically been more repelled by an absolutely gorgeous woman. Um, <laughs> so unappealing. Um, and and the way that she treated, um, Zara, Zara is just the bullying that that poor woman experienced. That mm, that didn't sit well with me and even even her going home didn't didn't sit well with me it's just very like she was one of the few people that was just absolutely not going to take any shit and she was not going to keep quiet about stuff and none of the boys wanted that so she goes home even though she's the best tv she was it was like i i feel like sometimes um you can really see how men appreciate women who will swallow their bullshit and what they do to women who don't and how mm-hmm. they use the pick to mm-hmm. target those women and isolate yeah. them. And yeah. so that is obviously we, we're not watching it like a lot of people are. We might no. be overcooking the thing slightly. Um, but it is, I mean, the, the production, the, um, the quality of of how it's shot, how it's edited, the editing, I felt was a lot better than you haven't watched it. But the Australian one, I hope no offense to those folks. But and the South African one, bless the South African one. And they've never American seen that, too. yeah. I've watched <laughs> all of them. Um I just think the UK one just does it better across the board. Well it's been doing it for okay. a while as well. Like it the it's <laughs> Practice makes perfect. You know? <clears throat> it's it's very it's very good. Um, I would say uh, we'll watch it as long as you don't use it as a how to guide on dating because the world doesn't need more people who do that. Use it as a how not to. Like that's yeah. yeah. I've very much like my as you say our viewing experience of it is very much like a social experiment of like these are the worst of the worst straight people. Yeah. Um, this is the the heterosexual scourge. This is this is what this is what we're fighting against. Um, <laughs> need to know our enemy before. <laughs> oh, well, my best friends one? are straight. Like I don't know. I don't know what I, you mean. I love yeah. I love straight people. Um, yeah. but uh, do you wish they'd make a out and out gay one? I know they've been. Um, I so badly want a bisexual version of this show, what? where you keep it like equal number of men and women. But every one of those men and women are bisexual. I I I would find that very interesting, or just completely um, would love to watch the world burn. Um, I think it would be the messiest, most carnage-filled television event of the century. I think it would be absolute chaos. And I think that the producers are cowards to call it a logistical difficulty. Fuck that noise. It would be so entertaining. I, as a former reality TV producer, would love to get my teeth into a show like that. I would... I um, I think they should do it without telling people they're going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just launch it. And just like while we're watching the episode, you're like, um, I, what, huh? That person, and then the bombshell is like... Did she just... It's going to be great. It's going to be like a six foot non-binary person in a mesh crop top as the bombshell walking in going, I'll have you all. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, I hope they do it without telling anybody. Um, yeah. Fantastic. I don't know. I would if love they to will. see it. Um, also, I just want to say that because all, a lot of people on the show have lip filler, doesn't mean you have to. 
And a lot of people on the show might have step overdone away, step away the from the lip filler. Yeah, yeah, overdone the chompers, overdone the lip filler, and this is you don't need to pressure yourself into that, folks. Turkey teeth <laughs> are are a thing, and and everyone can tell. Like you're not you're not subtle. You're not you literally not subtle. You glow in the dark. You reflect light. Like you're a hazard to traffic in in traffic. Like cyclists beware. Should someone like what's his name, Luca from last season, smile? You're gonna, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Well, we're 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 doing sort of a, a tightrope here of positivity and negativity. So let's keep on the positive. Watch it. Yeah. Watch it if you want. Um, mm. it's 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 definitely mindless TV. Like if you've had a shit week, if you're if you need a laugh, if you want to feel good about yourself because this is not how you behave, Love Island. Um, currently it's, on Hulu in the States. I think yeah. when you've got someone to watch it with, that helps a lot. When you've got someone that you can turn to during the process and go, the fuck is, what, what is happening? Increases the enjoyment a lot. I think it's best. I know that you're like, you, you're not watching it live um, necessarily, but I love watching it live, mostly looking at Twitter, occasionally looking up at the screen for reference to what's being said on Twitter. Um, People are yeah. funny, boy. People are really funny on Twitter about it. It makes me and laugh. People are messy, and they'll find receipts too. Last season, yeah. and this happened specifically with the Australian one, but it also happened last season with the um, summer UK one. People will find receipts. They will find that one girl that the person went on a date with um, <laughs> did a horrible <laughs> thing to. They found out a guy on the Australian one who won. And his name was Grant Crap. He won. And they found out that he had a long-term girlfriend at home who was pregnant. And oh, he shit. he hadn't told the girl he coupled up with. He led her to believe that he was in love with her and that they were starting this new life together and he was single and everything. And then they put them up in a hotel and he just didn't come back to the hotel. Um, and This he... is why I love reality television. <laughs> I know these are people's lives and it's not yeah. it, it it shouldn't entertain me as much as it does but <laughs> oh my god it does he got the money and he fucked it. Jesus Mary Joseph and the wee baby donkey that's that's terrible anyway. terrible, terrible I'm not I'm not entertained by that at all that's not that hasn't made me my neither, life yeah. at no, all no it's yeah. burned into my memory yeah. <laughs> on that note we're out of time Hey. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow us on socials, we are at girlsgaysdays underscore pod on Instagram yeah. and TikTok. And if you want to watch our lovely faces while you listen along, we are also on YouTube. Brilliantly done by Colt. Everything you see is done by Colt. He does a great job, and I love him. Thank you. <laughs> right back at your friend. And join us again next week for another sip of queer culture. Cheers. Ching ching. Oh my god, you have the Love Island bottle. You've only just noticed I've been doing it the entire section on Love Island. I love it. <laughs>